You're listening to the Renovation Church Sermon Podcast. For more information on services and events at our Simpsonville and Greenville locations, visit us online at therenovation.church. Good morning, Renovation Church. Uh, Normally I come up here and say what an awesome band we have, and we do. Um, I got here uh, during the second song, and I'm telling you, you guys sounded awesome. I I don't know that I've been in many churches that sing the way you guys sing. So first service, you're better than second service. If you're you're here, we'll talk to second service in a minute, but thank you guys. And guys, I I wanna compliment you. Men, it wasn't just the ladies that sing. A lot of times, you know, singing, raising your hands, singing a joyful song to the Lord, a lot of times men think that's kind of an effeminate thing. I know that's kind of silly to even acknowledge to you, but thankfully the men in our church don't believe that. So men, awesome job. Pastor Jeremy is not feeling well. Um, he called me last night <clears throat> after dinner. Yes, it was still early because I have a lot of toddlers and so we ate early. Um, and he ate something last week. His lips, he FaceTimed me. Anytime the senior pastor FaceTimes you on a Saturday evening, that's like, I have to get it, but I don't want to get it, but I have to get it. And so Jeremy's like, hey man, how are you? I'm like, I think I'm better than you. His lips were swollen. His pointer finger was twice the size that it should have been. And so he was not doing well. He went to the ER last night. He's okay now. He is okay now. But they had to get some medicine in him. So he hopes and he plans to be back next week. But he's not feeling well. And so today we are in a series. We're, we're, we're still in the series of Proverbs. We talked a couple weeks ago. Jeremy talked about friendship. Uh, Jason last week uh, talked about um, uh, sexual, uh, sexual sins and adultery. Today, we're gonna talk about something that people in the church generally are like, oh my goodness, we're talking about this? And the answer is yes, we're talking about financial stewardship or financial management. Please relax, we're not gonna take up an offering after this. We, we teach a financial management class each year and it is, it's, it's, it's close to the heart of the Lord. I, I love having the ability to facilitate that class. And so there's 10 principles in that class uh, that we talk about. Today, we're gonna take a 30,000 foot view and just talk about the first two principles. So we're not gonna get into the weeds. Um, if, if you like a lot of what you hear and you're like, man, this makes sense, we'd, we'd like to do this. I'd be happy to set you up. There's several financial planners. There's several men and women in our church that I have so much respect for. So after the service, please come talk to me or you can sign up for the class. It's, it's in the spring. It's after Rooted early next year. Um, I know we're doing Rooted this fall, but, but the financial management class is uh, in the spring. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna get right into it. We're gonna talk about two principles. The first principle is God is the source of everything. And I want you to think about that. God is our source, God is your source for everything. Uh, More than just our financial peace, more than just our financial freedom, God is our source for life. And I'm gonna challenge the way we think this morning. This is a mindset. This is a mindset. God is our source for everything. Our culture does not view money properly. If our culture doesn't do things God's way, then we're not thinking about it properly. And so the way we spend or the way we resource our our finances is not accurate. Imagine if you and I view, now I know we're in the church, 
Okay, so we believe God's word. You go to a church that believes God's word, even when it's inconvenient culturally to believe God's word, our church stands on that. Imagine if you and I did not view sexual intimacy properly. Not our way, but God's way. Well, what does God's word say about it? God says a lot about it. It is designed for a husband and wife within marriage, and there's so much beauty and satisfaction and fulfillment in that doing it God's way. Just without anyone yelling at me or raising your hand or shouting, just think about the world out there. Do you think there's a chance in the world that our culture, when it comes to sexual intimacy, is satisfied? Guys, there's not a chance. The reason is, is we've said, well, we know more than what the Lord, we know more than God, we're gonna try it our way and trying it our way hasn't worked out for those who are saying, you know what, Dean, I I subscribe to the biblical worldview of that, the, the biblical view of that. Well, then you have probably a much better chance of success in that area of your life or in any area of your life. God doesn't want you and I as his children to eke our way through lives. He wants us to have fullness in that only can be found in him. So this is not exactly deep thoughts, okay? But if we don't view things properly, they're probably not going to work out. When I have made financial mistakes in my life, and we don't have time for all the stories, we'd be here all day, but when I have made financial mistakes in my life, I am telling you, they are because I did not think about finances properly. I did not view finances God's way. I didn't know what it was, so I didn't know what it wasn't. And I did things my way. Have you guys, for those who, I'm in my mid-40s. That's being nice, but I'm a little bit, mid-40s still. For those of you my age or older, you guys remember the Tasmanian devil? Okay, okay. He would say, he would, he would, he would go over to wherever the rabbit was or whatever, whoever he was just terrorizing and he would stomp on the ground and he would say, mine, mine, mine. He wanted it his way. I'm encouraging us, asking us, when we do things, when I do things my way, and I say, mine, 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 how's it working out? It's not working out, is it? So let's stop doing things our way unless our ways are God's ways. Okay, so we have a huge part to play in this. The, one of the words that describes our part in financial resources is a steward or a manager. A steward is simply a manager of someone else's possessions. And I want you to think about this. God has given you and I the authority to manage this earth. I'll get to that in a little bit. Years ago, I have a 2007 Honda Pilot. It's paid for. I love it. It has a third row. It has eight passengers, uh, eight, eight, eight passengers, eight, eight seats in it. And so years ago, I, I, I just got it maybe six or seven years ago, about a year into it, close friend of mine, dear friend of mine, was going on a vacation. He was going with the in-laws, he and his wife, and his, his children. So there were three generations, and they at that time didn't have a, a big enough vehicle. And so he said, hey, bro, I got a question for you. I'm like, yeah, what's up? He goes, can I borrow your car? We're gonna go take a vacation, yada, yada. 
I said, you know what, I, I think that's cool. I'm gonna give you guys some marriage advice just right now. I said, you know what, before I said definitely yes, I said, I just need to run through this with Rebecca. She actually keeps our calendar. So I just went, out of respect for Rebecca. Now, now my name is on the title of that car, okay? She has her car in her name. I, I, I know I don't own the car. I'll, I'll get to that in a little bit, the, you know. Anyway, anyway, so there's a, lot, there's a lot I'm thinking. But out of respect for my wife, I said, sweetheart, dear friends of ours. She goes, I, I, could, I couldn't even finish this sentence. She goes, yes, let him borrow the car. And so I thought he was gonna pick it up on a Friday morning and I was gonna have it cleaned and I was gonna have the gas tank full and all the stuff that you would want to, you know, to, to do. And he picked it up on a Thursday night and I said, hey, we, we got our signals crossed. You know, the, the car's only half full and it's not disgusting, but it's really not all that clean. He goes, bro, we're good, we're good, I got it. And so we, we worked out, he, I was gonna you know, drive one of their vehicles while they were out of town. And so he, brought, he brings the car back and like, okay, this is a dear friend of mine. I love this guy. I've seen his kids eat. His kids eat a little bit like my kids. They have a plate. I don't even know why we give toddlers plates because anything that falls from their mouth is gonna jump onto someone else's plate, not their plate. It's just ridiculous. He brings me the car back. It's spotless. And the gas tank is full. I said, Rebecca, I hope they borrow the car again. They've since gotten different vehicles. They haven't asked, but I'm still waiting. This dear, and if I told you what it was, you wouldn't be surprised at all. This dear friend of mine was a very good steward or manager of someone else's property. And that says so much to the Lord. It says a little bit to us. I believe it says so much to the Lord. I want us to think differently about being an owner versus a manager and that can be more we can become more thankful when when we get this psalm 24 many of the verses will be on the screen not all of them but many of them will be psalm 24 verses 1 and 2 the earth is the lord's and everything in it the world and its people belong to him for he laid the earth's foundation on the seas and built it upon the on the ocean depths here's the point God owns, not some things, God owns everything and we are simply managers acting on his behalf. That should, I hope, take some stress, take some pressure off of you. When I said, well, it's my car, okay, technically, legally, it is my car, it is, but it's not. Everything belongs to the Lord. I'm a manager of that. Oh, it's my house. Look, I'm all for home ownership is such a beautiful thing for those in our country who don't have and they're able to own their first house. There's a lot of other factors, but that is such a great way to become, we used to be poor and now we're right in the middle class. I believe all that, but even the title or the deed of your home, it has your name and probably your spouse's name on it. It's not your house. Because you know what? Because people like you and people like me, we're not the Tasmanian devil. We, we are entrusted this beautiful gift. Think about what God has entrusted. We don't own it, God does. So stop being stressed out of your minds over everything that you get to control and manipulate. No, no, no. This is God's. 
and we get to be a part of it. Genesis chapter one. God had made the eagles. God had made lions. You know who God puts in charge of everything on the earth? Adam, our great, 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 many times more grandfather. That's who. God has entrusted you and God has entrusted me with this. And we're pilgrims on this earth. We can't take anything with us. We can't. Even if you have a nice house, you have a fine car. Seriously, you wanna take that house? You wanna take that car to heaven? I believe there's something way better in heaven. We're not taking it with us. Let's steward it. Let's manage it well. But the earth is the Lord and everything in it. We don't own it. He does. I, don't want, I want to encourage us to be faithful in the small things. Luke 16, verse 10 says this. He who is faithful in a very little thing is faithful also in much. And he who is unrighteous in a very little thing is unrighteous also in much. Parents, how do you know that your son or daughter is gonna take care of their first car? I know how. Think about how they took care of their first bike before that. Think about, I'm not talking about when they're 16 months old, that doesn't count, okay? But think about when they're two, three, four years old, they're beginning to understand what cleanup is. I, know, I understand cleanup at that age is they put in one fifth of it and you put in the rest, but at least they're doing something. How do they take care of the toys that are in the house? That's how they're gonna take care of the first bike. Oh, I said first car, I'm in the South. I meant first truck, okay? My dad worked at a gas station after he got out of the Marine Corps and he, he started low man on the totem pole. His boss said, Dean, I'm named after my dad, Dean, go clean the bathrooms. My boss, my boss, the, my dad's boss wasn't being a jerk to him. He wasn't yelling at him. It was, it was a task that had to be done. Have you ever cleaned the restroom of a convenience store gas station? That could not have been, oh man, I can't wait to do, do this again. So here's what my dad did. This is the type of man he, he is. He got whatever cleaners they had. I don't even know if they put on gloves to do this stuff back in the day, but he cleaned that place like he was at the Ritz-Carlton. He cleaned it from top to bottom. It probably had never been cleaned that good. So his boss, an hour or two later, said, Dean, come here. Okay, okay. Walked over there to the bathroom. The boss is like, look, what, what in the world? Dad's like, my dad's like, well, you asked me to clean the bathroom. But yeah, no, this is ridiculous. You know, that boss didn't have to go back and check on, on my dad when he was given task. When we are faithful, not if, when we are faithful with little things, we can also be faithful and be trusted with large things. Years later, my dad worked his way up, became a manager, saved up enough money to buy that gas station. I'm not kidding about that. Now, it, 
we, we joke about it even years ago. It was probably worth a few million dollars and my dad sold it when he married mom and they bought a lovely home on three acres and so I'm thankful for that, but that's how he provided for his family. He was faithful with the small things and God give, gave him um, a lot more. When, when we are faithful with what we're given, the Lord, I believe, just wants to bless us. So we don't have, I'm not, I'm not gonna read this whole story. I'll, I'll just highlight it for you. The parable of the talents is found in Matthew 25. Manager goes on a trip, okay? Gives one guy five bags of, of silver, one guy two bags of silver, one guy one bag of silver, okay? So he goes on the trip, comes back home from the trip, goes to the guy with, with five bags and the guy's like, I worked hard. You know, I earned five more bags. And so there's 10 bags of silver. The manager said, awesome. I can trust you now with you've been faithful with a lot. I can give you even more. Awesome. Same thing with the guy who got two bags of silver. He earned two more bags. The manager was like, you're awesome. Now I can, you've been faithful with a little bit. Now I can give you more. But well, we know the story, don't we? The guy with one bag of silver said, I knew you were a shrewd manager harvesting crops that you didn't plant and I was scared of you. So here's what I did because I'm, you know, I hid the bag in the ground, I buried it and here is your bag of silver back. You know what that manager said? You know what the owner said? You wicked, these are the words of, these are the words of Jesus, you wicked and lazy servant. Here's what he said. Give the one bag of silver to the guy with 10. Now, can you imagine if, if someone was running for political office in our nation and this was a bedrock of their campaign? They would get booed off the stage. Are you kidding me? God's kingdom is different. When we are faithful with this, he gives us this. When we're faithful with this, he gives us this. When we're not faithful with this, it's gone. These aren't my words. These aren't like, okay, well, Dean, that's not an accurate view of, this is a parable of the talents in scripture. This is God's word. When I have not been faithful with small things, it's been taken away from me and it's been taken away from you too. And you guys are like, yeah, yeah, the Bible's right. However, when we're like, you know what? I've done things my way. I'm kind of done with that. God, I'm gonna tr in this area of my life, I'm gonna trust you. What happens? You're, you get enriched. You're blessed, not for your kingdom, but to glorify the Lord. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says this, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets up against the knowledge of God and we take hold we, we take every thought captive to make it obedient to Christ. Here's what this scripture means to me. That thought that I just have, that, that, I, that I just had, does that bring glory and honor to the Lord? As one of God's children, there's a chance that it does, but let's just be honest. When I do things my way, there's a pretty good chance it doesn't. As believers, as his sons, as his daughters, scripture is teaching us, take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Romans 12, two, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind 
Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. God, how do you want me to steward this or manage this? This is the question I have for you. Lord, in this area of my life, and if I'm not talking about finances to you, I'm talking about sexual intimacy, I'm talking about parenting, doesn't matter the issue. Lord, what do you want me to do? We're already halfway done. Second principle I wanna talk to us today about is the secret of contentment. This is a heart issue. The first issue we talked about was a mindset. This issue has to do with the heart. That's both good news and bad news. A lot of times people in the church are like, well, God's after your money. Oh, no, 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 no. We have a much different issue. God isn't after your money. It's much deeper than that. God is after your heart. Think about that. Do you think, this message isn't about tithing, but do you think God needs your $52 to bring into the storehouse? Not a chance. Can you imagine if your bank account, no, no, no. What if your entire net worth were dropped into Elon Musk's bank account? Do you think he would notice the $43.27? So please don't tell me, preacher, God's after my money. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? It'd be like giving King Solomon a little nugget of gold. It doesn't make any sense. God isn't after your money. He's after your heart. Some of you are like thankful for that. Some of you are scared out of your mind now. I get it. I get it. Okay. And I want to say this. If you want to be happy with things now, things that you could buy, if you want to be happy with things now, then you probably won't have money eventually or you'll have destroyed a lot of relationships to get that money. And let's be honest, you probably won't find contentment. Happiness and joy are two very different things. Happiness is so temporary and joy is long lasting because joy comes from the Lord. I'm gonna step on some toes, okay? I'm just gonna tell you how Rebecca and I parent, mainly me, but, but Rebecca's on board with this, she is. I don't put a lot of stock, and I want you to hear me out on this, I don't put a lot of stock in wanting or having a strong desire for my, for my children to be happy. I'll explain that, but just think about that. I don't say, oh, I just want them to be happy. Are you, are you kidding me? I want them, here's what I want. I want them to honor the Lord with their life. I want them to have joy that can't be taken from the enemy. I want them to love people and treat people well. Do I want them to be happy? If their heart is so pure and noble and righteous that everything they do pleases God, okay, fine, follow your heart. I'm just telling you of all the things that I want for my kids, happiness isn't one of the top, it's not. Now, if you're saying, Dean, that's a little bit too mean for, for me. I'll, I'll give you this. If, you're, if I'm gonna choose between happiness or sadness, okay, okay, I'll, I'll, t- I'll take happiness. But normally in life, we don't choose between happiness and sadness. We get to choose between happiness, which is very short-term. We're taking the easy way out for a short-term gain or joy, doing things the right way, doing things God's way, laying your head on the pillow, 
saying, that was a tough thing to do, but Lord, thank you for giving me the strength. And you, you guys know what I'm talking about. Happiness, if it's a byproduct of serving the Lord, I would call it joy, not happiness, but I don't want my little people growing up just to be happy people. That's very temporary, it is. And about following your heart, oh my goodness. Here's what scripture says about the heart. Jeremiah 17 verse nine, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick, who can understand it? Mark seven verses 21 through 23, for from, with, for from within, out of the heart of man come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft. This is like the start of a good movie, right? <laughs> Murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and they defile a person. Now I understand Psalm 51. David had just committed adultery. He also committed murdery, uh, murdery. He, he was a murdery. Murder and adultery. Psalm 51, he stands up and says, Lord, this is on me. Create in me a pure heart. A good spirit, Lord, your spirit within me. So I understand for those who are in Christ, for those whose every thought and action is to honor him, I understand it is possible for people to have hearts that please the Lord. I understand that. That is rare. Ezekiel talks about replacing our heart of stone with the heart of flesh. Heart of stone, when you see someone in need, forget it. Tasmanian devil, mine, mine, mine. Heart of flesh, sees some people in need, has mercy, has compassion, <clears throat> how can we help? Ezekiel talks about that. One of my points is, and, and this is something for us, it is not the heart of man that does great things, it is the heart of God. Don't follow your heart. I would encourage you, figure out what is important to the Lord and follow his heart. James 1.27 says pure religion is this, taking care of the orphans and widows. So if you're like, well, Dean, my, I, want, I want to talk about my cause. And your cause is like, I don't know, you're, you're, you know, I'm all for helping people, but sometimes we, we get carried away with, well, I'm just passionate and I want to put a name on some list and I want to, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know what your cause is, but I would encourage you. If your life's mission isn't in scripture in terms of it is close to the heart of scripture, it is close to the heart of God, don't settle for a C minus cause. I would encourage you, I would challenge you, look at scripture. God cares about protecting children. God cares about taking care of people who don't have. God cares about defending those who can't defend themselves. That's what God cares about. Oh, but Dean, I'm really passionate and I wanna create this committee and sit. The heart of man and the heart of God are two very different things. Please don't have good causes as your life's mission have God's causes. You wanna, you wanna pack a punch? 
God, what do you want me to do? What do you want my family to do? What do you want our neighborhood to get involved in? Start taking care of people that can't pay you back. That's close to the heart of our savior. I also wanna talk about being content. This issue with the heart is about being content. Hebrews 13, five, don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. First Timothy 6, six through 10. And this is so important. Please get this. Yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. But people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil and some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. Timothy is pleading with us, be thankful, be content with what one has, with what, with what God has given you. Every time when, we, when I'm doing the financial management class, I know as Christians, we at least have to think this, even though it's not accurate, that money's evil, that money's evil. And I tell the class, if money is so evil, I have a deal for you. Give me all your evil money, put it on this table. I won't take a penny of it. I will give it to the orphans or you'll give it to the orphans, the widows, you'll give it to house, whatever. Whatever cause you and I agree, this is close to God's heartbeat. Give, bring me all the evilness. We'll get Liz, our treasurer, and we'll say, okay, this is, you know, $1,000, whatever it is. Okay, we're gonna give it all away. You know what? To this date, not one person has given me all their evilness for this cause because we know it's not. Money isn't evil. The love of money, making money your focus, that's the root of all kinds of evil. Money's not evil because you can provide for your family and you can put food in the bellies of, of orphans. You can protect people. You can do, I know there's a lot of evil things out there that we can do with money. We're gonna choose not to do that. We can do some amazing things with money. So money is not evil. The love of money is evil. Proverbs 19.23 says this. The fear of the Lord leads to life. Then one rests content, untouched by trouble. Think about that. I'll say this. A man or a woman who fears God fears nothing else. A man or woman who fears God fears nothing else. Jesus in Matthew 10, 28. Sometimes the words of Christ, you're like, ooh, ooh. Says, don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot touch your soul. Fear only God who can destroy both soul and body in hell. 
I want us to stop spending too much time fearing people. It is very healthy to honor people, to treat people with compassion, to treat people with kindness, loving people that politically are not like you, loving people who aren't yet in Christ. That's very important, honoring people. You hear Jeremy talk about, the staff has heard Jeremy talk about honor so much. We're like, oh my gosh, it's the 11th commandment. Oh my goodness. It's, it's, honoring people is important, but fearing them is not. Having a deep fear and a deep reverence and a deep respect for the Lord is something we should, is something worth our time. I'll say that. Recognizing God's ownership is important and learning contentment. Years ago after a youth event, uh, we had 40 or 50 kids in our middle school. I was crazy enough to be the middle school director or middle school pastor. Boy, if you wanna, I mean, hmm. I, I was in my 20s and so I honestly had the energy for it. But boy, those kids, oh my goodness. I slept well, I'll say that. <clears throat> after one of the youth events, we're like, you know what kids, special surprise. We're doing this just this night. Every kid, you can have a, a slice of cheese or a slice of pepperoni. It's on us. Have a good time. And kids are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. One little kid, come, little kid, teenager, comes up, says, Mr. Dean. It's like, yeah, yeah, kiddo. Thank you for the pizza. Okay, yeah, you're welcome. Okay, have a good day, whatever. Another kid, a couple seconds after her, I don't think he heard what she said. Okay. Another kid comes up to me and goes, hey, yo, yo, Dean. I'm like, hey, what's up, man? What's up? Hey, can I get another slice of pizza? There was probably a couple slices left. I don't know. I don't know. But I said, hey, man, we only had enough to give, you know, every kid one. He's like, oh, man, come on, man. We had just given them a slice of pizza. The condition of their two hearts could not be different. Being thankful, being content with what one has. The kid who said, hey, Mr. Dean, thank you so much. I wanted to give her the rest of the pizza. I didn't because then she, you know, then she'd have to share with everyone and we just didn't have enough. But the kid who was like, Dean, I want more, I'm not thankful. Do you think the next time I had a chance to give him something, do you think I took it? I was in my 20s, I'll just tell you, I didn't take it. I didn't. I'll acknowledge that. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. There is something very spiritual to being thankful. It's not just the fourth Thursday of November that's somehow only four months and a couple weeks away. Okay, come on, let's go fall. It's too hot, right? There's something very spiritual about being thankful. Think about what God has blessed you with. Wherever you live, whatever relationships God has blessed you with, that's from the Lord. Please, please, it is not up to us to sear our hearts and minds and say, but I don't have what she has or I don't have what he has. It's, it's, it's not up to us. Lord, thank you for what you have given me. I would encourage you to meditate on God's scripture. I've given you probably a dozen. There's a lot more. Meditate on God's scripture, not how other people do it. If other people are managing their finances well, that's called a wise man or a wise woman, then, then do that. But this world's not doing that. I would encourage you to do things God's way, not man's way. And also, it is between you and the Lord whether you're content or thankful. It's not up to your spouse. 
not up to your boss, not up to your neighbors, not up to Pastor Jeremy. It is up to you. And that's actually a precious thing. No one can take that away from you. I'm not saying let's not ask our Heavenly Father for amazing things. For God's children, us, he wants amazing things. I'm just pointing out, I don't believe we're gonna get bigger and better and more things that are gonna satisfy us until we're like, Lord, Lord, thank you for this car that is maybe a piece of junk, but Lord, you know what? You provided it. You know what? It's paid for. You know what? It burns oil, but I don't know how to put in oil. Lord, thank you for the blessing of this car so I don't have to ride a bicycle. That is a decent spirit or attitude or a posture before the Lord. And this is, this is something I try to do in my family. If you wanna be content or if you want to be thankful, stop watching commercials. I'm the one guy in this church that you all know that will not watch live sports unless I'm at a Super Bowl party, then I have to, okay? I love, and people are like, well, don't you know? No, I don't check my phone. If like my team's playing or a team, teams I care about, my phone is in a different room. You know what I get to do? When the commercials come on, four buttons, boom. Commercials that normally take three minutes, take three seconds in my house. Because I'm not just worried about my mind frame and my heart. Rebecca and I have a lot of little people. Their lives used to be great until they saw that toy commercial. I used to think my car was amazing until I, oh my goodness, Maserati, honey, that's on sale. We could, I'm being silly, but if you wanna be thankful, if you wanna be content with what you have, at least mute the commercial or say, it is now time to be healthy and get up and get a glass of water. At least do that. Don't allow you and please don't allow your children to watch commercials. If you want them to be thankful and I would encourage you, the things that I mentioned about the mindset before the Lord and a posture and a heart that pleases him, do this for your walk with the Lord and your children will be blessed. I'm not talking about just they're gonna be millionaires one day. Honestly, who cares about that? Let's care about are our sons and daughters gonna live for the Lord? I'm gonna pray for us. Lord, I wanna honor you in my thoughts and please help me be content. Bow your hearts, I'm gonna pray for you. Lord, we love you. We are so thankful that we get to be your sons and your daughters. Lord, I pray in the precious name of Jesus that you would forgive us. Please forgive me when we don't do it your way. Lord, we do not know more than you. I pray that we would acknowledge that, Lord, and I pray that we would begin this day finding out what scripture says about whatever issue. And Lord, I pray that you would give us, I pray that you would give me a heart that says, thank you, Lord, for what you have given us. Lord, thank you for your sons. Thank you for your daughters in this room. Lord, I pray that we would have learned something awesome about you, about your holiness, and about the wonderful things that you have in store for us in Jesus' precious name, all of God's children said? Amen. Church, our prayer team will be down here in just a moment. God bless you. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Renovation Church Sermon Podcast. 
find out more about following Jesus and building His kingdom at therenovation.church.